Hello, hello. What is up, Nick? Yo, can you hear me good? Yes, sir. Yes, I can. And uh, say that. Yeah, I was gonna say for all our um. difficulties with anchor that i've actually never had before while doing you know just uploads and, and podcasts and all that stuff it's quite disappointed quite disappointed um but that was a great episode hopefully we can get that on up here at some point in time but with that let's talk about the dutch grand prix so the, the dutch grand prix was a crazy race but had lots Lots and lots of rain. Uh, teams were switching between tires at the softs down to the intermediates, back to the softs, back to the intermediates. It was kind of like a crazy chess game of, you know, who was going to, who was going to let their drivers uh, or trust their drivers, I should say, out there in the rain. And you know, Nick, we had talked about going into this race, this course or this this track in particular has a lot of curves, has a lot of you know angles already so with the only a lot harder for these drivers to really kind of keep their cars on track uh we saw multiple times drivers playing into the barriers uh at certain points of the race or just lose complete control and crash out of the race so it was definitely an exciting race for sure uh but what were some of your main takeaways um definitely an exciting race like you said um, and I was, I was wrong. I feel bad. Alonzo, Fernando Alonzo, if you're listening to this, I am sorry for putting you ninth on the predictions. I was going to say, man, we are both kind of down bad on, uh, Aston Martin, you know, speaking of, you know, before summer break and we out of summer break, we just didn't think that their performance was quite there yet or where it was at the beginning of the season. And I know ninth was a little harsh. Ninth was a little from you. But uh, I had been kind of on the same wave that Aston Martin just didn't look the same. And Fernando and his experience fight through the conditions in this race uh, all the way up to P2. So second uh, for the day, which was pretty impressive. But yes, uh, speaking of, oh, you want to go? I think there's like a slight delay, but... um... I was going to say, I think the Aston Martin car looked pretty well improved to be uh, from Lance Stroll, shocking, but um, Fernando was really pushing it. And that may just be because of his experience racing and being able to handle those wet conditions, but the car looked pretty efficient too, from what we could see. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of traction, uh, despite the conditions driver touch but you know it did seem like the downforce was very very good uh on a track that demands a lot of downforce so uh that was uh that was fun to watch you know fernando battle some some guys and take over some spots during the race uh one surprising story that i you know lando starting on the grid at p2 falling all the way to p7 on the day not a great Almost kind of flip-flopping with Aston Martin on that performance, right? Yeah, but um, I do think some of that is just the conditions because they did have a strong start, not uh, the strongest finish. But um, I 
they're still looking good overall for what they're dealing with. That's fair. That is fair. And I, I believe that they did choose to stay on the softs for quite some time at the beginning of the race when some teams had made the audible a lot earlier to go to the intermediates, which helps in the rain and helps the car, you know, traction in the rain for all you fans out there that are a little confused with the wording here. But yeah, the intermediates, all the teams pretty much got pretty bad. And then it was actually really surprising to see them try to go back to the softs once the track started drying up. Uh, I thought that was interesting that they were like, damn, you know, we're going to try to make an aggressive push from these teams and it started influencing other people's decisions as well. But um, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy race filled, filled with action. Pierre Gasly also his first podium since 2021. He was able to get that because of, a, I believe, a five-second penalty uh, handed out to Checo, uh, who did finish P3, but got knocked down to P4 because of that. Yeah, and also Checo had that spin-out, too. Um, I think he hides your plane there. So, unfortunate for him, especially he had the best pit stop of the I think uh, just going in and switching to the intermediates right out the gate on lap one, as soon as that rain coming to, started coming down. So really unfortunate for him spinning out and then getting penalized, but he still salvaged a fourth. Yeah, no, still, still a great day for the Red Bull uh, car number two. Uh, speaking of the Red Bull car number one, Max Verstappen did make history uh, tying Sebastian Vettel for the most consecutive race wins single season at nine so he's he has a chance next race to break that record altogether do you think it happens yes or no i can see it happening for sure for sure we gotta see let's see now on the cap it's gonna be Monza. italy and yeah, yeah so it's going to be gonna, a fast fast track it's gonna be just what red bull likes yeah now, is there anything that might not let them happen? You know, might not let – or maybe a team surprises Red Bull or, you know, maybe there actually is some car failure from Red Bull for once. I don't know. What do you What do you think on the team surprise? Like we said last time, if the car blows up, then yeah, obviously that might hinder yeah. the process. But huh. what are your thoughts on other teams? Are you saying – you could see McLaren think, or maybe even. Yeah, I think McLaren, who at Monza, um, I don't want to say last year, but I believe in 2021 when Daniel Ricciardo got third uh, on the podium there. Actually, their car's in, the, in a lot better place now. Like you said, the conditions didn't really help uh, and the pit, the pit strategy, I guess. But their car's still, I could see Lando maybe pushing uh, for pole and then for victory altogether. And then the fact that it is, you know, in Italy, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if Charles Leclerc or Carlos Sainz makes a little bit of a fight out of it too. Yeah, I, we'll see. I could definitely see Lando battling up there with them. Um, what did you think of the Ferrari cars this weekend? They were good. They weren't terrible. Um, I know Carlos had, you know, a lot better stance the race than Charles so with that being said you know he did a good job at trying to be the number one driver for this weekend um I'm not 
why Charles was so far down the grid, but I did see that there was a wing change uh, on one of the Ferrari cars, and I believe it was okay. So I believe it was then uh, Charles that had that issue possibly with the wing, and then yeah, it looks like DN. I did. I mean, I watched the highlights. I watched, you know, didn't see anything about DNF for Charles, so it must have been some sort of like. Maybe they just kept him in the pits on a pit stop. Not really sure why that happened, but I did think Car- Carlos did a great job. I- yeah, just sort of, um, I think Ferrari needs to find their footing next weekend to still be in the fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, looking at the constructors' standings right now, I mean, they're still, actually, no. Aston Martin has passed them. I was about to say they're still third, but Aston Martin has now passed them. So they're fourth, the best of the rest now currently. Uh, McLaren is clear 90 points behind, but that's honorable given the amount of races that we have left in the season. And if they continue to, to struggle and have races like they did, you know, in in Zandvoort. So, I mean uh, – and, and, you know, Aston Martin's only 40, 40 points behind Mercedes. So, a little interesting as well, you know, just given the fact that whoever's going to finish second, it's going to have a clear disadvantage to whoever finishes third and fourth and fifth as far as wind tunnel time and, you know, spending in the off season. So, that'll be interesting how these teams kind of play it out, being that they're kind of closely compared, uh, compared to, you know, Red Bull just being double the points out in front with 540 right now, but yeah. Um, what did you think from Mercedes and like their, their strategy? It seemed like they were really trying to stick it out on the softs and Lewis didn't seem, I don't think George did either. And then they eventually had made the switch, but it did cost them some bit in the race. Yeah. Um, I'm really like the, these teams like to do this, stuff where they don't want to go to the wet and intermediate tires and it's just like why sometimes like i don't get it maybe they think that the car will be faster but i mean it's not going to be as fast as uh, or it's not gonna be as fast if you spin out or crash because of that you know so yeah i think that definitely hurt them a little bit but maybe relying on Lewis just being so experienced and not thinking it'd be as much of an issue for him. Um, but I would have at least thrown like, you know, maybe throw one driver on the intermediates and leave the other one on regulars if you want. But I mean, um, that's kind of what happened see. with Red Bull, you know, like Sergio going in right away and keeping track position. I mean, Mercedes wasn't in that position, you could say, like, where they could keep first place at the time. Like, I still think that they could have done a lot better. Yeah. So, who knows? The weather was also a little bit weird, you know. I mean, like you said earlier, they were trying to switch out once it started drying up, but then it came back. So, you know, maybe maybe they were just, like, hoping that the weather would go away. They'd seen something, but I don't know. I was quite surprised, too, with, you know, I mean, Pierre just kind of giving him some shit basically before the race, not even having him in the points. And he came out there and, and he got a P3, you know, like I said earlier, because of Sergio's 
time penalty, but at the same time, nonetheless, a very impressive race from the Alpine driver. Um, what gave him that speed, do you think? I mean, was it strategy? Was it just pure driving ability? Um, I, I don't know if upgrade or not. I'm not sure if you have any information on that. Um, I'm not sure exactly. I mean, maybe Pierre's just like really comfortable in the wet conditions. That could be it. Um, but it just looked like he was racing really strong and they probably did bring out some upgrade packages over the break. I'm not sure about that, but I do know that they had upgraded quite a bit on the car a little bit ago. So, um, you know, maybe that extra like side pod and floor stuff that they did really helped them out. But yeah, it looked like he was just racing really well as well um, to give Pierre credit. I mean, they you know qualified 12th and 16th and Pierre finishes third and and I this is uh you know rounding out the points at P10 I thought it was just a really really impressive race altogether from from Alpine we hadn't seen a weekend like that from them all year so yeah it was definitely oh, I agree uh, for sure I mean podium is huge for them yeah 100 percent 100 percent um, Alexander Albon also, you know, he did he did his job, finishing eighth, at qualifying in the top ten. Uh, let's see here where he was. I think he qualified third. Yeah. Oh uh, no, fourth. Fourth. But fourth. So, yeah. Again, you know, we know that Williams doesn't have that race pace yet, but he's been showing he's been showing that there's some straight line, you know, speed yeah. that there's some qualifying speed there in the Williams car. I'm excited to see kind of going forward and, and whether or not they can kind of keep honing in on their upgrades and keep you know, making strategic improvements. And who knows by the end of this, those top five teams, not points wise, but performance wise. Yeah. And I mean, you know, still young drivers. Like I think, that the conditions this weekend weren't the best to see where everybody's at really coming out of the summer break. But I still think it gives us like a pretty good um, look at things. And that's really exciting for Williams, um, keeping points and not really losing a ton of places, only losing four, um, especially to the guys that are above him. I mean, like you've got Lewis, Carlos and Lando right above him. I, you, you can't really expect him and Williams to be able to fight off that yet. So I think it's still a very exciting weekend to see where Williams goes from here. Yeah. Yeah. I think they could have a great outing at, uh, at Monza. Um, how it, how it, how it shakes out for them. But uh, yeah, I didn't really have anything else uh, on my notes for, for the Grand Prix. Final, final notes you had. Um. No, I don't think so. There was a red flag in the race. I don't think we mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, there was. Um, so that definitely played. That end, didn't really right? seem to do. Yeah, I think it was like lap sixty something, um, but it didn't really do too much. Just yeah. to stop. It put Fernando in a position to try and fight Max for first, but it didn't end up happening. Um, and then he was actually able to fend off, you know, Sergio from even 
taking over, you know, being that they're all clumped together after that red flag, it's it was a position for some overtakes five laps despite the conditions and it seemed like everyone just kind of played it safe and just kind of wrote it out. So, yeah. Yeah. If that's the case, then uh, I don't have much else to say. Uh, we, we're probably just done here, guys, talking about the Dutch Grand Prix. Just a little recap. Um, and like I said, that podcast, the pre-Dutch Grand Prix podcast that was not able to be uploaded here in the in the week or so. But on Friday, we will be doing another uh, race preview. Or is, is Monza not this weekend? Is the weekend okay? No, I think it is this weekend. Um, let me double check. I've yeah. Got the, yeah, it is this the weekend. First, the first or the third. That is and perfect. And then looks like we've got two weeks until Singapore after that. Okay, so yeah, we'll race, you know, kind of just discussion of what we think is going to happen in Monza and, you know, analyzing some of the full practices and qualifying if uh if it gets to it at that point in time on friday get that out to you guys get some predictions out to you guys and then the race or saturday night when the race happens following that up on monday with another breakdown kind of like what we did today there's a two-week gap uh, in between monza and singapore we'll probably spread it out and instead of doing it friday monday we'll probably do the next next friday and then so it's a little bit more just kind of timely with the Grand Prix necessarily uh, on a schedule week to week basis so thank you guys for listening again you guys know your lap podcast and uh, until until then till Italy till this Friday uh, stay safe or week guys peace